Welcome back to Booze and Buffy, a podcast where we are watching and discussing every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer one by one. Uh, there will be no spoilers for any future episodes, but we will be discussing details from all previous episodes. Uh, I am Harrison, and I did not prepare a joke. And I'm Jason, and I'm a little busy staring at the eternal smoothness of the beast. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm sure, like, that was at least one of the things that I think he, he d- said. I think he does. I I think he, he, call, he says something along those lines when she's uh, worrying about her ankles being too bony. Um, yeah. um, what episode are we watching this week, Harrison? Oh, we are watching Buffy Season 5, Episode 8, Shadow. Uh, this is the one we're picking up from last week. Uh, Joyce is in the hospital, um, where we learn she has, uh, you know, a lot of big words are, are used, but, uh, it's a brain tumor. Um, so there's a lot of emotions around that. Um, meanwhile, uh, the beast, uh, conjures up a big old snake guy uh, after Giles unwittingly sells her the dangerous materials she needs to do it. You know, let's not give Giles crap for this, because, I mean... I how, said unwittingly. Yeah, how could he have known? Like, I feel like he was... I feel like they were trying to make it look like it was his fault, but he couldn't have known. He couldn't have known. Yeah. I, I, would, arg- I would make the argument that he should have, uh, a better... Maybe a better understanding of some of the things he's selling in his shop. Fair or enough. Maybe a list of things that don't yeah. get sold together. But, you know, I'll let him off the hook this time. Shadow was written by our boy David Fury and directed by Daniel Atias and originally aired on November 21st in the year 2000. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Yep. Jason. Harrison. We're drinking Manhattans this week. Yeah. <laughs> that is totally a thing. Yeah. Um, Sorry, I'm looking up something that uh, <laughs> that I want to have for the sh- for like when we get into the episode okay. proper. Um, White? Yes. All right, I got it. Awesome. So our toast is... I'm going to toast to you, Jason. Oh, yes. really? Uh, yes, because this week our game... Of uh, uh, don't say the beast's name ends. Uh, we learn that her name is Glorificus, which uh-huh. is an awesome name. Uh, but she prefers to go by Glory. Um, which I mean, it's also an awesome name. Yeah. Um, but I am. I'm giving the win to you. Uh, I uh, did have a minor I, slip I, up. I had a minor slip up. I didn't say the whole name. I got the gla out. But uh, but but you know, I will concede. Uh, I I concede victory. Is that right, or do I concede defeat? I admit defeat. Admit I concede de- victory. Yeah. Okay. I, that sounds right. <laughs> You're the writer, man. <laughs> uh, so cheers to you for successfully not saying glory. Yay! I love winning things. Granted, there's another fun thing that uh we like to joke about during the episodes that we can't say yet because it is a spoiler for later on in the season mm-hmm. and uh 
So it'll be fun to keep that under wraps. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, that's one that if we slip up, the uh, that that does go out in the end. <laughs> it's a big end. Um, also, I was just thinking, like, I still have a chance to win the the other game with, and then I was like about to say <laughs> his name. <laughs> and I was like, wow, wouldn't Andy Hallett's character <laughs> in. Angel. Wouldn't it be hilarious if I accidentally <laughs> lost that on a Buffy episode? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Buffy episodes are where you shine, so... Uh, yes. Well, speaking of shining, uh, let's shine talk bright about... like a diamond. Yeah, let's talk about things that don't shine, which are shadows. Yeah. Excellent transition. Not the worst no, one you've ever made. No notes. <laughs> <laughs> um, we start off with a really, really great cold open. Uh, we start with a Joyce uh, in the uh, CAT scan machine. Um, does that have a name? All right. So this is actually what I... Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> this is actually what I looked up because uh, Dawn does ask um, what, uh, where they got the name CAT scan. Mm-hmm. I know it's an acronym, right? It is. Um, and... It's more traditionally called a CT scan Mm -hmm. um, because it stands for computed tomography, which basically kind of means like, oh, it does a map of the brain. Um, And uh, here we go. So CT scans use a narrow x-ray beam that circles around one part of your body. This provides a series of images from many different angles. A computer uses this information to create a cross-sectional picture like one piece on a loaf of bread, this two-dimensional scan shows a slice of the inside of your body. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And uh, this process is repeated to produce a number of slices. The computer stacks these scans one on top of the other to create a detailed image of your organs, bones, or blood vessels. For example, a surgeon may use this type of scan to look at all sides of a tumor to prepare for an operation. Oh. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know if you guys wanted all that info, but Don was curious, and so yeah. I kind of wanted to have that info on hand. Yeah, I, um, I'm grateful yeah, for I it. Think, I think it might just be a scanner, mm-hmm. um, very large uh, machine. I'm sure, like, we've all, hopefully, you all haven't had to go into one of these, but, I mean, they show them quite frequently on, uh, they show them quite frequently on TV. I think I had to have one when I was in high school. Really? Uh-huh. Um... I used to have, um, and I think you know, I think you were probably around when I had some spells of this, um, but I used to have an issue, it was called vasometer instability, um, which is fancy talk for super low blood pressure. Mm. Um, I did know this because every now and again you do talk about your blood pressure, and I'm like, it's weird for like a guy in his 20s to talk about his blood pressure, <laughs> but... Now I get it, yeah. Well, yeah, I had, so I would have, like, dizzy spells, um, and uh, one time, see, for, we didn't find this out till I was 16, because uh, I, you know, I would get these dizzy spells where my, you know, my vision would kind of, like, get, like, like kind of tunnel-y, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, they'd pass. Um, this happened to me all the time. And I just assumed it was normal because people would talk about, you know, like, oh, I stood up too fast. I I got dizzy. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's the thing that happens to people. Um, not nearly as often, though, as it was happening to me. Yeah. But I just didn't yeah. think it was I, I actually about remember it. when you told me about this, we were at Highland Tap Room drinking. <laughs> yeah, nice. 
Um, and the thing that might have been Parks and Rec trivia night. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so basically, the thing was, if I would go from a resting thing, it's like resting position or whatever, to more active really quickly, there would be like a moment where my heart didn't realize it. So it'd still be pumping at like a resting rate. Yeah. And had and so I would get really dizzy. Um when I was sixteen I passed out on the kitchen floor. Um because I, I had a, I was going in to have dinner with my family, got like a dizzy spell. It was worse than usual. Like I my vision went completely. So I just kind of stood in the doorway with my my eyes closed and like kind of leaned my head up against the like the door frame. And the next thing I know, I'm, like, on the floor, and my mom is screaming and, like, shaking me. Yeah, I can understand why. And and I I didn't quite register what was going on at first because the pain didn't come right away. Um, So there was a moment where I was like, Mom, chill the fuck out. Like, I I just closed my eyes for a second, and they, like, open my eyes, I'm on the floor, and then, then, like, the pain starts hitting me. Um, Yeah, and I'm pretty sure I had to have a CAT scan... When we either when we went to the hospital or at like some follow up thing, mm-hmm. um, and um, I think specifically they're just making sure because I hit my head. Yeah. There's no like brain damage. Um, <laughs> and yeah, so that's um, something I learned. I had I wasn't allowed to have caffeine for a year. Do you know how much I loved Mountain Dew in high school? Oh my god, it was horrible. <laughs> Worst year of my life. Um, but as I've gotten older, um, my dad's family's, uh, propensity for high blood pressure has, uh, taken over. So, you know, now I have, now I have problems. Yeah, now I have problems in the opposite direction. So that's my fun medical history. There you Um, go. That's not even, uh, talking about the time I did have a tumor removed, um, uh, from my, it was on my collarbone. Mm. That was also when I was a teenager, um, but it was benign. Don't worry, I have no cancer. Or at least I didn't then. I don't know if I have cancer now. I Anyway, okay. Other <laughs> cancer? <laughs> um, this, I just wanted to say this sequence of Joyce being in the, in the CAT scan is really well shot. And, it's well shot and I love how foreign it feels to yes. the show. Like it's not something we've really seen. We've seen hospital scenes, mm-hmm. but we haven't seen something like this because normally like, if a character's in the hospital, it's because they got the shit kicked out of them yeah. by some kind of monster, or Buffy has a flu and is being tormented by a really freaky looking thing. Yeah, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's very foreign for the show, and it's also very not just the scene or but the storyline. And it's yes. like you don't see storylines about illnesses in genre shows very often unless it's like a mystical or something like yeah that. or like oh the enterprise touched down on this weird planet and now harry kim's got a disease i know i'm mixing two shows but it's okay i appreciate uh, the spirit um but it's like a one-off like we have to figure out the medical emergency by the way shout out to like all the queer actors in yes. Discovery and their awesome covers of Out Magazine. Loved those. Uh, did not know Wilson Cruz was fucking ripped. Uh, do you not follow him on Instagram? No, I don't. Dude, do I need to? Yes, you do. I mean, dude, like, a guy likes posting his updates after he, after he um, works out. Shredded. Oh my gosh. Hold on, let me But yeah, like, um... I was a little sad to learn that it, that sad because like oh that means we'll never be together that uh, Emily 
Emily uh, Coutts. I thought it was... I've always said Couts. Couts. Could Actually, be. now that I'm thinking um, about it, I don't know if I've ever said her name aloud. I just, <laughs> but yeah, how how she... Um, I, I was... I mean, good for her that she's queer, but I'm a little disappointed. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I won't... And it will never happen. <laughs> but I think she's also... Um, I don't know if she's married, but she is in a very committed relationship. But god damn girl can get it. Yeah. She, huh. I loved her outfit. I loved uh, how they did Mary Weissman's hair. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Anyway, it, those tangents, covers... Tangents, tangents, Those covers were fucking fly. Yeah. Um, so, um, then we have uh, Dawn, Dawn and Buffy. As you mentioned, Dawn's asking Buffy why they called it a cat scan. She wants to know if they tested it on cats, or perhaps it uh, sort of looks like a cat. Uh, of those two options, I really like the second. I think it would be cool if cat scanners... It looks, looks like, like cats. cats. Um, yeah, but like, how would that go? Would you be like, would the thing be sliding into the cat's mouth or up the cat's butt? Ooh, okay, I didn't think of that. Um, I mean, I guess mouth is preferable. Yeah, but like, can you imagine, like, you're already nervous about having to get this scan. <laughs> you're going into a small enclosed space, and you're going, and it looks like you're going into a cat's mouth. That sounds horrible. Horrifying. And it would be very large. Okay, you're right. This is. Well, then you're right. Butthole it is. <laughs> maybe maybe you do butthole so that it, like eases your nerves. It's like, oh, this is very silly. I'm going into a cat's ass. <laughs> but yeah, I really like this scene because um, it, it's obvious that Buffy is stressed. Mm-hmm. I mean, one, she's had to deal with Spike all night. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, and she also found out that like Spike has the hots for her gross yeah. uh, but he but she um she does uh you can tell that she's getting a little annoyed by dawn asking these questions mm-hmm. and she's like it looks like she's about to like kind of snap at her but then she doesn't because she's like realizes she's like as scared as i am yeah and a uh, really good moment between the two of them yeah um michelle trachtenberg just because you kind of i you kind i read it as Dawn kind of realizes that Buffy's about to snap at her, but she so she just kind of gives her that look of like, "I'm sorry, I'm not trying to be irritating. I'm just like this is my coping yeah, I, mechanism right yeah, now." Yeah, no, I I love both of them in this episode, and yeah. oh my god, Sarah Michelle Gellar. I mean, the way that she is able to play the having to react to bad medical news, mm-hmm. um, something that her character really hasn't had to do before, yeah. and she's great. Yeah. She nails it. I mean, the whole trio of Summer's Women. Yes. Um, just fucking knocking it out of the park. Um, at the uh, Magic Box, uh, Giles and Tara are looking at the new advertisement for the Magic Box in the Yellow Pages. Now, for younger listeners, the Yellow Pages is a book. <laughs> okay. Now, for younger listeners, a book is... <laughs> no. Um... <laughs> um but uh, the uh, slogan is, what is it? It's your one-stop shop for all your occult needs. No, it's like your one-stop spot for to shop for all your occult needs. <sighs> it's very wordy, Giles. Yeah. Um, you should have workshopped that a little more. <laughs> and, and I, do like, I, do like how, I do like how Giles is kind of like, after Tara says that it's a little hard to say, he like you can see him sitting there mouthing it. It's just yeah. like, is it that bad? <laughs> Uh, uh, shout out to, uh, Tara's hair. Um, yeah. Just looks Tara's so look pretty. Um, I, I'm grateful that they've stopped giving her those ridiculous hairstyles that they did in season four. I just, because she has beautiful hair. Just let it, 
Yep. Let it be. Um, <laughs> they, uh, Xander, Riley, or Xander, Willow, and Anya come in. Um, Willow and, uh, Willow and Xander are bitching about Riley. Um, I love when Anya walks in. Her very first thing that she does is like, as she's walking with them, she's also straightening things yes. up in the store. Which, if you've ever worked in any type of retail, uh, you know that is a thing. Yep. That is a thing. Um, I, she doesn't, it's a girl you fuck in first. Like, mm-hmm. um, yeah, they're, they're upset that Riley, uh, blew them off and blew up blew up the um, mausoleum the mausoleum uh and um he uh the tomb go boom tomb go boom <laughs> anya is uh delighted by the uh advertisement but is disappointed that she's not mentioned in it um this uh this whole scene is just really good i i'm really enjoying it um yeah, they, they decide to go back to the books, though, because, uh, you know, they got to figure out, like, where is this demon lady? Oh. Um, also, Anya, Anya of the three of them, Anya is the one who's not upset. Um, she goes, I, for one, did not want to start my day off with a slaughter. <laughs> and then she goes, which really just goes to show how much I've grown. <laughs> and, big smile. She's so proud of herself. I mean, we're proud of you, Anya. I am proud of her. Um, She's got, like, an interaction that's not so great later on in the episode, but, like, we'll get to that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, yeah, um, they start uh, thinking about, like, where on earth could this demon lady be? And, uh... So stupid. Where, where can the demon lady be? Oh, where, oh, where can she be? But uh, Xander says, like, you know, she's probably hanging out in, like, the usual places, sewers, nasty stuff and everything. And smash cut. Yes, to Glory's beautiful, like, penthouse, I guess, apartment. Um, at, first, I, at first, it looked like it was the... Um, it gave me a lot of... Uh, los angeles observatory vibes Mm. like uh that was in um rebel without a cause uh i mean i know that it's not los angeles but um that's the vibe that it kind of gave me that building i'm looking up uh to see if there's if it's filmed at like uh um no, nah, there's nothing in here about it being filmed at a particular place but yeah, it's we, too bad yeah. um got drag <laughs> drag so drag we're gonna play a game that is usually reserved for angel episodes uh called uh spot the parents from marvel's runaways <laughs> um uh this is the one of you know uh james marston not you know notwithstanding uh who appears on buffy his name is kevin weissman uh who plays you mean james marsters did I say Marsden? Yeah, you did. I was like, <laughs> wait, what? Um, now, you know if it, there was a James Marsden episode of Buffy. Yeah. It would be what, my favorite one. That's what threw me. Like, <laughs> isn't, he, isn't he your, like, fantasy boyfriend? Oh, my gosh. Um, James, if you're listening, uh, you are always welcome in my heart and in my bed. Um, <laughs> I would like 
Wouldn't that be weird if, like, that was our one celebrity <laughs> listener? There's a knock at the door. <laughs> um, I get I a mean... text from Harrison, like, don't come over for a week. <laughs> <laughs> I am wearing James out. <laughs> um, I thought you were going to say, I'm wearing James on my face. <laughs> I mean, I almost said something a lot more vulgar than even that, but I decided to not bring up James's hole. Um, oh my gosh, I'm now I'm, I'm, I'm now just I'm imagining that like he does listen to this and he's like, oh my god, calls his lawyers like I need I need a restraining order fast. You would frame that shit. I mean, yeah. Um, but yes, uh, Kevin Weissman, who plays Dreg, is uh, Dale Yorks on Marvel's Runaways and. Fun fact, he is the, uh, uh, he plays the husband of our previous entry in this list, Miss Bridget Branagh from, uh, two Angel episodes ago? I believe so. Um, yeah, from Guys Will Be Guys. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I love drag. Uh, this is about as sub as you can get in the (laughs) Buffy universe. Yes. Um, Glory is a top. Oh my god, no. Glory is a... Glory's like the toppest of doms. Yeah. Glory, but she's like a toxic top. She's like, she's the type of top who like doesn't even bother to throw you a towel after you're done. And just, you know, she, she nuts and then she leaves. Um. (laughs) Sorry, Claire Kramer. (laughs) I did not say Claire Kramer nuts and leaves. Claire is a very generous lover. After she nuts, she will hand you a towel. (laughs) Okay, this got disgusting really fast. Um, hey, I mean, I'm not shocked, it's, it's but thing that happens. Uh, um, <laughs> but yeah, he is just like he he has brought her a scroll with a spell on it, and um, and he's just like just constantly showering her with praise, and which means what you do to somebody who's named Glory. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, and uh, but Glory's so great because she's like. It's so weird saying her name now. Yeah, <laughs> Glory is so great. She's like, do these do these pumps make my ankles look bony? He's like, no, they're the, the they're the the most effervescent of ankles. <laughs> yes, I I love his um and just, just all of these like um over the top floor flowery um like. Leslie Nope level like yeah. compliments for Glory and like we'll just you know a peek into the future all of Glory's minions do this and to my knowledge they never repeat anything <laughs> so I say kudos to the writers for coming up with so many of these I would love it if they had like just a list a running list of all the ones that they have used and if they come up with something they have to look at the list and make sure they haven't used it yet it's on the list we used it in 508 (laughs) um i would really love a compilation of all of the minions compliments for glory mashed up with all of leslie nope's compliments for ann perkins um that's 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 a brilliant idea. Somebody do that, please. Um, what's the uh, you what, God is like you beautiful, beautiful tropical fish. Beautiful tropical fish is one. There's one that she I can't remember what it is, but it, she follows it up with, "I will find you love." That I have always. <laughs> oh, Anne, I forgot you're too beautiful. You've never had to. 
You've never had to make up for it by being funny. <laughs> anyway, anyway. What a, um, yeah, that was, that was a really great cold open. Um, and it just, it does what cold opens do. It sets the tone for this episode. Mm-hmm. And like, and again, we get the reveal of Glory's name. So yeah. it's always nice to put a name on the big bad. Big bad. Um, and just three episodes in, um, to, of her appearances, obviously, we're further into the season. And... She's just already far surpassed, surpassed uh, Adam in terms of like. Yeah, no, this me this caring. character is so great. For some reason, I just I don't think Claire Kramer was in Bring It On, but every time I look at her, I'm she like, is. She is okay. Yeah. Good, good. Because every time I've looked at her, I'm just like, I just think Bring It On. Yeah, and it's like a more minor role, but it yeah. is. Yeah. Um. So uh, God, now I kind of want to watch Bring It On again. Um, I did not see. I never saw Bring It On until like sometime last year. Um, oh, I, I saw it fairly late too. I uh, mean, it, I really liked it. It was fun. Yeah, it was like maybe early 2010s, and uh, Ben showed it to me. Uh, yeah, no, it is a very fun movie. Yeah. I think. It, I think what happened was is that um, we watched not another teen movie, uh-huh. and I, I've always and it was Ben's first time seeing that. And I liked it because I think it's just funny, and it's got a fun cast in it. But what? And also, I mean, you've got like for you, you've got the um, uh, Chris Evans wearing like the whipped cream and only whipped cream and a banana. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, suddenly, very hungry for whipped cream. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I actually wasn't too familiar with a lot of the movie references that were made, which is kind of funny that I still enjoyed it, even though it's like almost entirely just lampooning mm-hmm. that. And there's still some movies in there that are referenced that haven't been made. But like, I think because of that movie, we watched Bring It On, we watched Never Been Kissed, um, and uh, probably a couple of others too. Um, but yeah, I still haven't seen um, She's All That, mm-hmm. which is like... Which one's... That's the one that like has the makeover. And oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I actually don't think I've ever finished Pretty in Pink. Uh, I have seen Pretty in Pink. Uh, she's all that. Doesn't she's all that star Mr. Sarah Michelle Gellar? Freddie Prince Jr. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why I decided to call him Mr. Maybe, Sarah Michelle Gellar. Other than maybe. it was fun. We, we need to get going, man. We are like we are. Yeah, it's getting to Darla levels of nonsense. Um, while you're looking that up, I will mm-hmm. continue us to Buffy's house. Where uh, Riley finds the front door open. It is Freddie Prince Jr. Okay. Freddie Prince Jr. and Rachel Lee Cook. Okay. Um, there's a blanket on the steps, which can only mean one thing. Spike is upstairs, sniffing Buffy's sweater. I mean, he could be doing mo- most anything, but that's just what he's doing in this instance. <laughs> yeah. And damn, it's creepy. It's so. I mean, Riley's lucky that he didn't walk in there with Spike's dick out. Yeah. Like jerking it. Um. <laughs> In case you weren't picking up what I was I putting figured. down. I <laughs> figured. Um, but um, he tries to hide it and be like, oh, it's a, it's a predator thing. Like, you know, get to know your smell. Um, and I, I couldn't help but during this scene just go, God, Riley is so tall. Like, <laughs> he really is. Um, uh, uh, yeah, it's so funny because like we see him like tower over Xander, and we're just so used to Xander being taller than Buffy and Willow. Yeah. So yeah, Riley is tall. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, James Marsters isn't short. He's not short, but it's... I, and I think James... I don't know. There's something about Riley's tallness that just always stands out to me in a way that Angel doesn't. Because I think they're the same height. Um, that seems about right. Um, I don't know. Maybe... I don't know. Maybe Angel's just proportioned better. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Um, um, like when Ry- and also when Riley drags, uh, drags Spike out of the room... He, uh... He nicks a pair of panties. He nicks a pair of panties. And, you know, I kind of, like... I ca- I think... I I assume that since they were in a drawer, or hanging out of a drawer, that they were, like, clean underwear. Yeah. Um, by the way, can I just say that I really hate the word panties? That's fair. It, it's... It, it sounds so juvenile, and it, it doesn't seem right that... Women's underwear should be referred to that. Well, we just kind of refer to our underwear as underwear. Um, it, it just doesn't sound great. It's like when people... It, it's like when people non-ironically use the word tits to refer to breasts. It's just like... <laughs> tits. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it just has this like kind of oily feel to it that, that, like, you know, saying breasts or boobs doesn't. So, I mean, granted, with the exception of... Um, the phrase "this is the tits" and "tits out." What if I'm talking about the bird? Well, I mean, uh, I'm specifically meaning this in reference to women's breasts. All I'm hearing is "call the bird breasts." I mean, you can if you want to. That's what I'm gonna it do. wouldn't be the dumbest thing you've ever done. No. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, uh, he brightly. Uh, Spike's taunting Riley. He's like, hey, Buffy's at the hospital with her mom. I know that because I was hanging out with her all night. You don't know that because you a bitch. <laughs> um, and, uh... Yeah, this is the, um... This is the everybody tells Riley that, uh... He's really not a good fit for Buffy episode. Yeah. <laughs> In one way or another. Spike's a little more direct about it because he's like, oh, you know... Slay likes us dark and dreary and sometimes with bumps on our heads. Yeah, and Riley, like, threatens to throw him in the sunlight and he's like, how's this for dark? And I'm like, still pretty boring, buddy. <laughs> like, sorry. <laughs> you're, you're, sorry, sir, but you are not No Mercy Percy. You are, uh, you're I've been in... watching Legend of Vox Machina. Check it out. Um, yeah, Riley is no, no Batman. Um, he's like, is this what Angel would do? <laughs> It's like, yeah, that's what Angel would do, but it's hot. Swear um, to me. <laughs> we, um, during this scene, um, I was um, reminded of the episode of Gilmore Girls that John and I watched last night. Um, uh, it's the episode A Tisket, A Tasket, which is the... Uh, that's actually probably my favorite episode. It's a really good one. Yeah. But it's, um, for those who don't know, the town has the picnic basket bidding date thing, and uh, Jess outbids Dean... For Rory's basket, and it's the whole episode during this like plot line. I was just like, God, you're both being such fucking assholes. Like, Jess, what you did was no, no, shitty. It was very much a shitty thing. It was a very shitty thing to do. But Dean, oh my God, you do not own Rory. Like you, there are so many other ways you could have reacted to this that is not what you're doing. And um, that's I was thinking, and and that was also like I was like maybe. Jess and Dean should just kiss. And, like... But I was thinking the same thing during this. I was like, okay, Spike, you're just being a dick just to be a dick. Which is fine. Like, that's what that, you that's do. His, that's his thing. But, like... 
Riley, oh my god, this is literally not about you. Um, which is what I find so frustrating about Riley's storyline at this point, is Buffy's got all this shit going on, and Riley's, like, doing backflips to make it about himself. Um, well, and, and I think he's trying to be supportive. I don't think he's, he's doing it maliciously. So, but... um, I'm very much thinking of Midsommar, mm-hmm. um, and how um, Florence Pugh's boyfriend... Uh, you know, he his relationship is pretty much near the end with um, Florence Pugh, and uh, he's, like, planning on breaking up with her before they go on this trip. But then, of course, you know, uh, Florence Pugh's sister kills herself and murders her, murders her parents yeah. as well. And uh, it's like, yeah, you can't really... You, it, you can't really like break up with somebody after that because they're already in like going through some of the worst things ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that sounds like a spoiler for Midsummer, but that is literally how the movie opens. Yes. Um, check out Midsummer, so by the good. way. Be ready for like just uh, just an experience. It, uh, an experience is definitely a word to describe. Well, it. that's how I described it when I saw it in theaters because I remember that was the day of the double feature. I mm. saw. Spider-Man Far From Home, which I hated. And I was like, oh man, now I'm just like, guys, this whole day going to be a wash. And I almost, like, I hated Spider-Man so much that I thought about just, and by the way, that is the second Spider-Man movie in the MCU. Not the third one. I love the third one. Um, but uh, but I decided, like, I was still going to go see Midsommar, even though, like, two and a half hour movie, and it was, like, pretty late. Uh, but yeah, like, just... Seeing that movie in a fairly crowded theater, this was 2018. I think so, yeah. Yeah, this is 2018, so, uh, or no, excuse me, 2019. Was it really? Well, because Far From Home came out after, uh, oh, yeah. Endgame. Yeah, you're right. Which came out in 2019. Um, Matt! So, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but yeah, it, all I could think of was like, guys, we just went through something together after <laughs> seeing that. Uh, but, it, so yeah, so for Riley, yeah, Riley isn't dealing with this in the best way, but he's also like, he's also like in a strained relationship where the other person is going through some really personal traumatic stuff. Yeah. So he's obviously has issues that he has to work out with Buffy, but he is prior. He's not bringing those up to Buffy because he is trying to make her thing the priority. So. Right. I can't believe it. I'm actually defending Riley in this episode. <laughs> my my issue with him is, yes, like, this is not the time to be bringing up, like, the relationship stuff with Buffy. But, um, there are, and, you know, everyone's commenting on it throughout the episode that he's acting reckless. He's acting, you know, he's, he's acting out, essentially. Yeah, and he is letting his insecurities yeah. take control. Yeah, and it's like, buddy... Except with Buffy. Talk to, God. like... Talk to Xander. Xander's trying to like Xander's being so nice to Riley and like trying to give him some good advice. Like, I I there are obvi- there are healthier outlets for how you're, how you're feeling, Riley. And if, and if anybody knows about insecurities, <laughs> it's Xander, right? Riley, your feelings are valid. You you know it's okay yeah, to not, feel I, what you feel. By the way, when I say I'm defending <laughs> Riley, I am not defending what he did at the end of this episode. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, every everything else beforehand, like this is like when it just takes a little bit of a turn. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Spike is thrown out of the house 
by Riley. With the blanket. Uh, with the blanket. <laughs> yeah. Blanket! Um, blanket! And that's a wrap on Spike this week. Yeah. <laughs> Our obligatory Spike appearance. <laughs> yeah. And, um... He... He, go, and he goes to the hospital. And he comforts Buffy. And I, um... This is also what kind of bugs me about how Riley's, like, reacting to some of this. Is that There's a very much a... You know, he talks to Spike and he, he get this, like, feeling of, like, oh, she didn't tell me. Like, she doesn't care. But it, I get the impression she hasn't... Other than Spike, and that was just... He just happened to be there to yeah. be told. My read is she hadn't told the rest of the group either. Like, no, she the, doesn't tell them until she goes to the magic box. Yeah, so it's like... It, it, it's like, Riley, she's not singling you out or anything. Like, she's just... This just happened, yeah. and she again, hasn't had time. Yeah, again, though, it is the insecurities. And I believe this Riley. is a... This is when we get the scene where... Yeah. The shadow. The titular yeah. shadow. Yeah. Buffy yeah. goes into the uh, examination room, and uh, Joyce is there. Um, and Joyce doesn't have too many scenes in this episode, but her scenes that are there, she just... Yeah. I mean... Christine Sutherland, just so good, fantastic, and it feels weird to say she doesn't have too many scenes because you're right, but just her presence is so like mm-hmm. f- fills this episode at every every corner. Um, but yeah, it's it's actually interesting that her screen time is relatively minimal, um, but they they're going to have to do an operation um, to do a biopsy. Um, they were. Uh, basically right away. They're doing it, like, now. And, um, Joyce tells her, like, there's nothing to worry about yet. And Buffy's like, okay, you're right, nothing to worry about yet. And neither of these women believe that there is nothing to worry about yet. Um, I believe, yeah, I believe what the doctor says is that it's too soon to worry. But, I mean, yeah. you just, like, say, oh, there could be something there. You're worried. Yeah, it's impossible. Like, it, yeah. It's a comforting phrase, but it's actually not. Like yeah. it's 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 just one of those platitudes that means nothing. It's beca- you say it because it's the polite thing to say. But one thing I really loved about Scrubs is how like with the um, with all the ridiculous stuff going on, whenever the doctors had to um, actually talk to a patient about something serious like that, all of them switched mm-hmm. on to doctor mode very well, very convincingly. Yeah. I think that's one of the things about Scrubs that's so successful is that they are very good doctors. Mm-hmm. Like, if, if it was a show about bad doctors, like, if, it, it could have easily been, they'd like, oh, they're shitty doctors and that's the humor. And I mean, I guess there's value in a show like that. Um, but, like, a Reno 911 sort of situation, but with uh, doctors. Um, but yeah, they're, they're very good doctors. So, um, yeah. uh, it does help the comedy go down a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Um the uh and the magic box the scoobies are doing their research they are coming up with jack shit um and it's when tara's like hey what if we can't find anything because whatever this is we're fighting is so ancient that it predates like the written word because the dagon sphere is supposed Mm -hmm. to hide something from the uh that which cannot be named Maybe the reason that it's not named is because it predates language. Yeah. And I'm like, that's cool. There was, like, a moment when, after Tara's, like, offered up this, like, um, thing to Giles, she's telling him, and then he's like, oh, yeah, blah, blah, blah. And then Willow's like, so, yeah, so I'm, what I'm thinking is, and for a second I was about to be like, Willow? 
Tara gave you that idea. <laughs> give her the proper credit. But then Tara and or Willow and Giles do give Tara the proper credit once the conversation ends. They're like, good idea, Tara. I was like, okay. It was a good idea. Mm-hmm. You, 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 you love and respect her. You cherish her. Always. I'm mad at you, Jason. <laughs> what did I do? <laughs> you stole Tara's ideas. I did not. <laughs> oh, really? Then why are you wearing a floor-length orange skirt right now? All right, you got me. <laughs> what can I say? Amber Benson is a trendsetter. <laughs> um, they, uh, they're, um, this is when uh, they're like, she could be anywhere. She could show up at any time. We have to be prepared. And she walks in. Gloria's uh, there in the magic box, and she's there to buy two items. She's she's like, I want this. Shopping. Um, I, I'm obsessed with the idea that she could go in and, like, just steal the shit, kill everyone inside, but she can't be bothered. It's just, it's just you know... Well, I mean, you kind of have to wonder, like, did she also shop for all, like, those shoes and dresses and stuff? By the way, I feel like we should have a special segment for uh, Glory Fashion Watch. Yes, we should. This leather dress she's wearing. Oh, my God. Holy shit. Does she look good? Yeah. That booty? Mm. And like I said when we were watching it, hate to see her go. Love looking at her butt. Anyone have any quarters we can just (laughs) bounce off? Anyway, sorry for objectifying you, Claire Kramer. But we objectify everyone on this show. Equal <laughs> that is oppor- true. Equal opportunity. Unless they're ugly. <laughs> <laughs> Looking at you, Lee Mercer. <laughs> Sorry, I'm sure that actor is a very nice man. I it, I, it your ugliness does not apply to you, actor. Maybe, maybe he's aged like Ben, like the actor who plays Ben has. Maybe he's mm. aged very well. Mm. I don't know. I'm afraid to look though. <laughs> <laughs> um. So. Yeah, she buys it, um, and then when she leaves, Giles is like, "All right, yeah, she be could prepared. be anywhere. She could be anywhere." <laughs> um, at the hospital, um, this the doctor comes out um, and tells her, and I, you know, it's fine in television, but that is not not how quickly you get the results of a biopsy back. Um, when I had my tumor that I had removed when I was in high school um, it was like three days um, before we got those results back Um, and you know we live in like a city with Mm -hmm. like several like really nice hospitals Um, not little rinky dink Sunnydale Memorial um, always getting robbed by demons and vampires and shit Um, anyway Uh, but it's fine television it's, it's I mean, certainly Buffy robbed them in this episode. That's true. <laughs> she just helps herself to a nice pack. Um, I don't, maybe she went to to Ben Turn and she was like, "I fell down some stairs," and he's like, "I don't ben. think she did." I, I think she <laughs> she was doing it like while also keeping an eye out for doctors <laughs> just, just to make sure. Like, God, I hope nobody notices. <laughs> um, yeah, this is the scene that I was referring to specifically when, uh, you know, they are like they're running through. Um, there is like, to cut through all of the medical jargon, uh, they do, uh, Joyce does have a brain tumor and, uh, they are, they have to see, first they have to find out if it is operable. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and even if it isn't, though, the doctor is trying to say, like, oh, the, um, like, one in three people survive this. Like, she... Nearly one Nearly in three one in three people survive Which this. I thought was interesting. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's like, there are lots of treatments and stuff like that. I mean, obviously, Buffy's still shook. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Sarah Michelle Gellar just... Those big eyes. Scene. Yeah, those big eyes. Um, and, uh... The doctor's trying to ask her some questions about, like, the insurance, about um, different things at home that might affect uh, this. Uh, this is, like, also, like, a, oh, cell phones cause tumors, right? <laughs> right. But uh, the doctor is called away by Bintern. Bintern! Just love that. Does your mother have a cell phone? Just those little things that, like, date thing. Like, in the original mm. Scream, when the cop is, like, what are you doing with a cell phone? Which is a hilarious line in 2022. Um, so, yeah, Ben Turn, oh, he's so sweet. Uh, yeah, he lies to the doctor and it's like, they need you and I see you. Because um, he notices that Buffy's looking a little stressed. Overwhelmed. Yeah, yeah. he's like, hey, your mom's going to be under for another like six or seven hours. Just go and do something else. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, that's, that's not the worst advice. It's not. It's like, you know, when a loved one is in the hospital, I understand the desire to be there with them. Um, and, but, you know, at the moment, her life is not in any immediate peril. She yeah, is like, asleep. Um, and, yeah, Buffy needs to take a minute for herself to... Yeah, like, it, it can be so calming just to, like leave the room and get a cup yeah. of coffee or something yeah. like that. hospitals are stressful places yeah. like just literally just being in a hospital is stressful mm-hmm. um even in, under the best of circumstances mm-hmm. so uh buffy leaves dawn with uh uh riley um and uh goes and to she... the magic box yes at the magic box anya is going through receipts and she goes hey hey Hey! <laughs> oh, no, you're, oh, no, you're Hazer uh, scaring the customers. <laughs> and Xander says, and you know, most of the state. Yeah. Which is saying so that California's a big state. It's a big state. And she's. Uh, she uh, asked Giles if he sold these two items. He's like, yeah. She's like, what are you, stupid or something? That's when Xander <laughs> says, like, oh, we went over the employer-employee interactions, uh, things that you should stay away from. That was number five. (laughs) So, I mean, I I guess good on Xander for helping her, like, navigate this new dynamic that she has. Yeah. Oh, my God. Are you stupid or something? (laughs) It's so funny. And she, um, so, um, she, uh, basically is, like, these two items can be used to, like, create a horrible, horrible monster. And Giles is like, well, the, you know, the rituals for that have been lost for ages. And, like... Yeah, the woman who bought it, I mean, she would have had to have been extremely powerful and... Oh, shit. <laughs> light bulb. And it's really Light bulb for everyone? Except Xander. Except Xander. <laughs> yes, always the last horse to cross the finish line. Oh, God. Uh, I'm reminded of, like, uh, have you ever been to the Rocky Horror Picture Show with, like, a live audience and everything? Um, I've seen, um, 
uh, I, I have seen the Rocky Horror Show, mm-hmm. the stage show. I've seen that live. I've never gone to a like a shadow cast or anything. So, I and I actually don't really want to. It feels extremely stressful to me. I mean, I don't I, think I, I would I enjoy it a couple times, and I, I had a lot of fun. Yeah, uh, I, I get yeah. why people think it's fun. I just, for me personally, I, I, I don't know that I would be able to relax to enjoy myself. I, I don't know why I feel that way, but I just do. Fair <laughs> enough. But, like, there is, like, the moment when um, everybody starts, like, at first everybody's eating dinner, but then everybody starts putting together that they're eating Eddie. <laughs> and, um, like, there are all these individual reactions. And so it's really funny because they're, like, uh, because as the, as the reactions happen, um, everybody in the audience is, like, Brad gets it, Janet gets it, uh, Professor Scott gets it, Rocky doesn't get it. <laughs> Columbia gets it. Rocky still doesn't get it. Because <laughs> he's just like uh, piling away and eating meatloaf. LOL. Um, no, RIP. I also love, uh, this is earlier in the episode, but when Xander's like, am I right, Giles? And Josh just goes, probably not, but to be fair, I wasn't listening. <laughs> A murder, classic. murdered him. Classic zinger. Uh, <laughs> Um, Riley takes Dawn to the park. They're the, they're the carousel. This is a very sweet scene. It is. Um, Dawn is telling a story about how when they first moved to Sunnydale, um, for Dawn's birthday, um, and I think it's important to note that they moved to Sunnydale, um, one in the wake of Buffy lighting the gym on fire at her old school, yeah. um, but also it's. Very shortly after Joyce and Hank's divorce. So mm-hmm. it's a, a, a raw time for the Summer's Women. Um, so Joyce, for Dawn's birthday, rented out the carousel for her and all of her friends. Except they had just moved to town, so she did not have any friends mm-hmm. yet. Uh, but Joyce, uh, being the best mom on the planet, uh, is determined that they're going to have a good time. And they ride the carousel, just the three of them, for an hour. It's a very, very sweet story. That's fake. That's fake. <laughs> and it's like, and it's like it, the whole time I'm listening to it, I was like, oh, Dawn. I mean, it's real for Dawn. So, I mean, yeah. you know, it's what is memory, blah, blah, blah. Um, all sorts of philosophical shit we could get into. But, um, yeah. And, um, and then she's like, she's... Uh, she tries to compliment Riley. And honestly, Riley should have taken this as a compliment. Because it is. She's like, she, she doesn't cry as much with you as she did with Angel. Everything was always the end of the world. And... <sighs> Riley... Because Riley takes it as, oh, she doesn't care about me yeah, as much. Yeah. Because... What, what Dawn is saying is that there is a lot less drama yeah. with Riley than with Angel. Which, minus the initiative shit... True. Yeah, true. Um, what uh, what Riley hears is that, oh, I mean... She's not as passionate about me. Yeah, which... Yeah, not the best way to take it. It's like, yeah, buddy, she was super passionate about Angel. And that candle burned bright and fast. There's those, there's like, those insecurities again. Yeah, it's like, everything Dawn's describing is actually... I mean, yes, there's issues in this relationship... But she's what she's describing are signs of a healthier relationship. Yeah, and you know I love me but, some Buffy you know, and Angel, but not but, the healthiest. Yeah, but you know, um, 
in any relationship, especially in this relationship where, uh, yeah, Buffy and Angel is legendary. Um, just the mere mention of an ex, uh, that, that can draw, like, even, I feel like even in the most mature people, that can draw, like, a little bit of ire. Um, yeah. I mean, obviously there are better ways to deal with it, as we said, <laughs> uh, but... Riley, your feelings are valid. Yeah. <laughs> the way you're handling them is not healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, at the magic box, uh, Buffy's filling everybody in on Joyce's condition. Yeah. Uh, it is apparent, it, it is important to say that, like, when, when Buffy left Dawn with Riley, Riley said, what should I tell her? And Buffy says, don't tell her anything. Like, yeah. we tell her we don't know anything. Which And Dawn's too smart for that. Dawn's smart for that. Um, she does say to Riley, like, oh, she's not going to get any better, does she? And then um, Riley says uh, Riley says something that uh, is actually more or less a theme of this season. That's that uh, Summer's women are strong. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. Um, they, uh, Buffy wants to find a magical solution for um, what's wrong with Joyce, um, which... Um, Giles and Tara warn against um, that medical stuff and magical stuff rarely mix well, um, especially since we're dealing with a brain tumor and mm-hmm. that can, uh, you know, messing with the brain. Not good. It, it's it's interesting how, like, um, it does seem like, despite the fact that there have been years of research, decades of research, centuries of research... It still seems like we there's so much that we don't know about the human brain compared mm-hmm. to all the other like we know almost we know so much about so many other parts of the body. It's the brain though. The brain is like this huge mystery. Yeah. And yeah, like love it. Mm-hmm. Um oh, brains. <laughs> Just thinking about Abby normal. <laughs> um, <laughs> then um that's when Anya uh, slips up a bit and, you know, mentions so, uh, what... Yeah, it's not the dumbest thing that I've said. That, <laughs> it's not the dumbest thing that's happened today. Yeah, she's... And they try to cover and Sandra's like, oh, yeah, Anya broke something because she uh, tripped. And and she's like, uh, excuse me, <laughs> fuck you. And, uh, and then Giles is like, yes, Anya, we don't want to worry Buffy with... Like, your, your clumsiness. Fucking <laughs> Giles Rude. <laughs> Poor Anya's sitting there like, what the fuck? And then she decides to, like, go along with it, but it's a little too late. Yeah, she's like, I'm, so, yes, I'm so klutzy. And Buffy is just like, okay, Stooges, you are not <laughs> fooling anyone. Um, and they, they tell her that... You know what? What glory got? What, it, what all that means? And she's like, "Oh my God, were you, were you injured? Like, are you, everyone's okay?" And they're like, "Yeah, yeah, no, everything's fine. No one was hurt." She's like, "Okay, well, how'd she, how'd she get away with it?" And, and Anya just goes, "Giles, kind of sold it to her." <laughs> <laughs> and she does this. Emma Caulfield does this great little thing with her, like with her hand, where she like puts it up next to her mouth, so like. So Giles won't hear her say it. Like sold sold it to her. (laughs) Um, And um, 
they, uh, Buffy's like, okay, I'm gonna go find Glory. They're like, she's gonna beat your ass. Yeah, and Buffy's <laughs> like, oh, that's because I wasn't ready. That yeah. Now I'm ready. Now I'm gonna I'm ready. do this. And uh, um, Willow and Tara do realize, like, that that stuff is, and they realize it probably because Anya told them, but, like, it's used for a transmogrification spell, mm-hmm. and, uh, <laughs> which obviously is turning one thing into another thing. So, uh, there's obviously going to be some uh, craziness happening, and Buffy's like, oh, well, fine, you guys research it, I'm going to go kill it. Yep. Um, we do know uh, that the this cult, the cult of Sobek, are uh, real into reptiles. So Yeah, I actually knew that before they said that, because... Oh, is uh, that like a real thing? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So Sobek is, a, is an Egyptian god. Okay. Um, the reason that I know it isn't because I know, like... I'm not. I'm no expert on Egyptian, on ancient Egyptian mythology, but uh, Sobek is a villain in the uh, in the Shazam Captain Marvel uh, mythos, oh, and cool. um, usually associated with because there's like a lot of Egyptian mythology going on there, especially like Black Adam and Isis, and uh, and yeah, and so Sobek is traditionally like a um, like an like an anthropomorphic alligator sort of thing. And, uh, yeah, it's, um, and, and for, for listeners who didn't know, um, Shazam, formerly Captain Marvel is, uh, my favorite comic book superhero. That is so cool. I didn't, I mean, I knew that, but I didn't know the, the Sobek stuff. Fun. Yeah. Um, Um, and I think, uh, while he's had many, uh, incarnations over the years, I believe one of my favorite incarnations is, um, is in the comic 52. Uh, 52 is actually, um, so, so, <laughs> about to get real nerdy here, but, uh, in, uh, in DC Comics, back in 2005 and 6, I want to say, maybe 2006 and 7. Either way, um, there was a big event called Infinite Crisis, served as a sort of spiritual successor to Crisis on Infinite Earths, uh, which was like kind of like the biggest comic book crossover ever. And uh, at the end of it, um, basically, the main series, all the different series jumped ahead a year. So they were branded with these like one year later stickers. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we don't know what happened between the end of Infinite Crisis and the be- and like where all this stuff takes place one year later. Then that's when DC did a weekly comic series called 52. And it was one year and it was basically meant to describe like the year of the year between this because it was meant to be uh, because at the end of um, Infinite Crisis, uh, Superman was depowered. Wonder Woman, Batman had um, kind of step back from his duties in Gotham City to look after uh to look after like Tim Drake and everything and just kind of deal with all the shit they went through and Wonder Woman like took a step back as well and so the um it was known as like the year without Superman Batman and Wonder Woman the big three Mm -hmm. and uh but yeah and so during that um one of the characters that became fairly prominent was Black Adam who uh is going to be in a movie played by Dwayne the Rock Johnson, yeah, that has been a thing for a while. Like, I say a while. Like in high school, Dwayne the Rock Johnson was like, if I was gonna be in a superhero movie, it's gonna be as Black Adam. Nice. Good for him. Um, but yeah, uh, so yeah, and uh, 
and Black Adam starts to build his own kind of like Marvel family, um, consisting of like people being brought back from ancient Egyptian mythology, and one of them was Sobek. Uh, and uh, yeah, I. Sorry, that was, a, that was one of the nerdiest tangents I've ever gone on. But That's cool. It, it, it is a very interesting series, like, all around. However, DC thought, like, oh, we did so great in the first one. Let's do, like, another weekly series. And it was garbage. Oh, no. And I am so ashamed that I bought every issue of it, <laughs> hoping that it wouldn't be garbage. And, God, like, I, I also could throw this away at this point. So bad. Um... So on the subject of Sobek, yeah, I'm gonna pull out my uh, Buffy Ooh. Grimoire now that we're here. Um, so I got uh, for Christmas from my dad um, the official Buffy Grimoire: A Magical History of Sunnydale by Willow Rosenberg. Um, and kind of the premise of the book is that um, Willow is has put together a collection of spells that they've used and or encountered over the course of the series um, to help her friends in the future that have a nice reference guide. Um, and there are also little annotations and stuff from some of the other characters on cer- certain uh, entries. Think of, um, for all you Harry Potter fans out mm-hmm. there, think of Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find yep. Them. Or Quidditch Through the Ages. Where, did they like actually mm-hmm. have the side notes in that one? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, because I thought that was specifically a library book. Yep, and I have uh, I had both of those. I have both of them too yeah. somewhere. So yeah, I don't. They've got to be at my mom's house somewhere. Um, so this one actually, it's funny. This so anytime one of these comes up, um, I'm gonna read from it for for you all. Uh, although it's funny, this one is actually a little off brand for the rest of the book because it's uh one Anya put together that Willow includes. <laughs> um, so there's a little. Sticky well, Anya note. is the authority of this. Yeah. So um, there's a little sticky note. Uh, it's from the Bronze, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> uh, best club in Sunnydale. <laughs> and it says, Snagged this from Anya's binder at the magic shop. It's not every day you meet someone versed in the lost art of Sobekian magic. The one book I have on their subject glosses over the actual spell parts. Willow. And Anya writes, Sobekian bloodstone magic. The no-sell list. Since I've been informed that calling one's boss an idiot is not a workplace-appropriate way to address things that concern me, I've decided (laughs) to start compiling a list of items that should not be sold together here at the Magic Box, no matter what, just in case anyone else feels like being a dummy and wants to sell highly dangerous magic to an ancient, all-powerful being in search of a key. I've used uh, helpful pictograms, as given the stupidity that's already been displayed, it's obvious that one can't be too careful, (laughs) Anya. Uh, And it says, items. Cole's amulet plus Sobekian bloodstone equals... Sad face. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Anyone buying these two things together can only be interested in doing a spell like Glory did. One that takes a cute little snake, beg to disagree, um... And turns it into a spawn of Sobek for their own purposes. That person is also probably bad news. Uh, the Temple of Sobek's initiation rituals alone could give you a rap sheet a mile long. Longer in Alabama. <laughs> uh, <laughs> directions. Put the reptile you wish to transform in a clay vessel. Begin the Arabic chant. But before you begin the last line, come into being... Hold Cole's amulet above the vessel. Uh, 
Um, and it says tools and ingredients. So Becky and Bloodstone, Cole's amulet, clay pot, a reptile, preferably poisonous and of the genus that matches the bloodstone you are using. Which is cool. Uh, and then you've got some Arabic script with the chant. Um, and then the translation, Sobek grants the power that it may <clears throat> that it may mold this wretched creature, that it may be reborn, and that it may serve us with bloodstone, with rare gem, come into being and arise. Arise! So yeah. that is how you perform uh, Sobeki, Sobeki and Bloodstone Ritual. And I'm assuming that you brought this up because that is what happens in the next That scene. is what happens. So... That's what Glory does. <laughs> she goes to the Sunnydale Zoo. Yay! The house. She's gone to and, the hyena uh, house. What? It says she should have gone to the hyena house. Well, that's not a reptile, though. I know, but it's a callback. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, and yeah, and so she performs this ritual. She's very annoyed by, like, how long it takes. No uh, patience. Yeah, no patience. Uh, so clearly she doesn't spend time at the hospital. <laughs> But ah, uh, but um, she uh, but yeah. When the ritual is performed, you get a big old snake guy. I love him. I, I'm calling him Daryl. Um, it's not a bad name for a snake yeah. guy. Uh, Bubby shows up in the middle. Uh, gets a few good hits in while when Glory's distracted. Um, Glory's like, "Hey, that's not." Fair. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> God damn it, Claire Kramer. I love you. So good. I think Glory proceeds to beat the shit out of Buffy. And the only reason Buffy gets away is because the ritual works and Daryl arises. Um, and Buffy, Buffy flees and Glory goes to Daryl and she's like, oh my gosh, thank you. Please find my key. <laughs> Today, please. <laughs> I love like um. I, I love the effort that was put into uh, the cheesy, the cheesy yet intricate uh, costume, and then it is really funny because like in the slithering way scenes, it's obviously CGI. Really bad CGI. <laughs> the CGI is so bad. The the practical is also bad, but like. I love it so much. I'm just, I'm so charmed oh, yeah, by no, it. Yeah, it's like I said, it's charming because it's nice. It feels like a little throwback to, uh, yeah, to when the budget was a lot smaller. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it is nice because this is a heavy episode. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of really heavy stuff going on. It is nice to have this here. It's like, oh, remember the good old days of season two and three where, mm-hmm. you know, Jenny Calendar got Jenny Calendared, and I guess. If, the show's never been. Why is that the one that you bring up? <laughs> Could have brought up Sid the Dummy. Sid the Dummy. Oh, I miss Sid the Dummy. <laughs> um, Riley is at the magic box, uh, and Xander uh, is like, "Yo, bro, we were supposed to kill those vampires together." Well, what Riley says is like, "Oh, where's Buffy? She went off to go find yeah. the find the demon ladies. Like, oh, and you just let her go off on her own." Like she could get hurt. And that's like, when yeah. That's when Xander gives up Xander of all people gives the guilt trip. I mean, does fairly well. He's good. And it's like they're like he's like, You let Buffy go off on her own and they're like, Yeah. Like what what were we gonna do what, to stop yeah, her? I believe what Giles said was like the word let rarely comes in when she has her mindset to right. something. It's like, yeah, do you really think that any of these guys can stop a slayer? Right. And it's like and any the double standard here, it's just like because, yeah, Riley or Xander is like, you went and did this too. 
she's at least got fucking superpowers. You're just a guy. guy. A grenade. Yeah. <laughs> Which, you that know, being said, effective. Gr- yeah, a <laughs> grenade is quite effective. But, um, you know, he still could have had backup just mm-hmm. in case something went south. Um, but, um, Riley, or Xander is like, you know, Riley's, Buffy's in this situation with her mom. It's really stressful. She needs something to punch. What's your excuse, bitch? Like, I'm just like, Xander, why so wise? Yeah, Where's this coming to, from? Way to, way to call that out. <laughs> this is like some, or some, I was supposed to say some Anya wisdom. I was like, this is like some Tara sort of wisdom. But yeah, um, and obviously it's like, Riley's not finding healthy outlets nope. for all of the insecurities that he is feeling. So, Buffy, call, Buffy goes to the hospital. <laughs> She's like, steals a nice pack. Uh, and she calls Giles, and um, she's like, she made this big snake. Uh, his name is Daryl. <laughs> um, you know, and he's like, okay, we'll get some weapons. You know, we'll start looking so for like, it. No, you can't because school's out. So Dawn's going to be coming there. Like, look after her and don't, uh, don't let her know about what's going on with Joyce. And... Um, they, um, yeah, they, she goes to Joyce's room. Joyce is awake, um, looking chic with her little, little bandage. <laughs> um, but yeah, they tell Joyce it's a tumor. They don't know yet if it's operable. That's... And then you get like a nice little kind of like fading into, um, like fade from Buffy to Dawn, who's obviously looks trouble while she's doing her homework and then fade to Riley, who is at a who's at willie's bar and uh getting some drinks and eventually he does see the um i already forgot her name sandy sandy the vampire who uh propositioned him earlier yes and some trivia um so someone actually uh posted made a comment on the post uh on our facebook group or on our facebook page uh go follow us on facebook and on twitter at booze and buffy and on instagram at booze and buffy the end is spelled out um, hey. um that uh she was surprised that i hadn't mentioned this bit of trivia um well listener uh i was planning on waiting for this episode um <laughs> but thank you because it is a fun bit of trivia do you know where we've seen sandy the vampire before other than in this episode in the last one? Oh. um I think I might have seen this comment, but I've already forgotten about it. Um, so she wasn't a vampire at the time. Uh, she, it was in Doppelgangland. Um, Sandy was the woman that uh, Vampire Willow. Um, oh gosh, now now I'm like double like, I'm like oh, vampire no. the like the uh, one that Vampire Willow and Vampire Xander are chasing. Um, no, so this is oh right right that was the wish excuse me yeah. Um, um, this is the one she bites in the bronze. And I'm like double checking to make sure I'm right about that. But, um, yeah, she was bit by Vampire Willow in the bronze and at some point turned into a vampire. Um, it is the same actor. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. So same it's not, character. It's not, um, 
And for a while, I was always like, it's just two different characters named Sandy. And then, like, why are we making this a thing? Because I've heard this trivia before in the mm-hmm. past. But then I, like, looked at one point and I was like, oh, no, it's the same actor. Like, yeah. like okay, all right, nice. Sandy the Vampire. Um, so I think that's fun. Too bad at the end of this, she becomes Dusty the Vampire. <laughs> I'll leave now. <laughs> ah, no, that was funny. <laughs> um... Uh, da, 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 da. I lost my spot. Uh, yeah, he's... He lets her bite him. And then he stakes her. Which is, like, rude, Riley. So rude. You invited her. Yeah, but... And unfortunately, this is a... Uh, this is a thing that continues. Um, yeah, and it's like... I very, very rarely and of the mind that, like... That that a character who's maybe not working or who, you know, I I firmly believe that characters can be rescued from shittiness. Um, Like, you know, I get get very frustrated that about um, certain characters on a television show about survivors of a plane crash on a mysterious island Mm -hmm. who maybe get killed off because the writers are like, yeah, this character just wasn't working, so we killed him off. And I was like... Well, you know what? She was working in this very episode you killed her in where we got her sympathetic backstory. Shannon deserved better! <laughs> oh, for right, I thought you were going to talk about Libby. I'm oh, like, don't even get me started on... Like, calm Libby. down about Libby, Harrison. God. <laughs> don't even... I, I actually... I love Lost. I, I love it deeply. It's one of my favorite shows of all time. I will never forget... Forgive that show for being like, Libby has a mysterious and interesting backstory. Gut shot! I do love that, um... <laughs> I do love that you've grown a little fonder of Ana Lucia this time a around. Little, a little. A yeah. little. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what it was. and Maybe I'm just weird, but I actually really liked Ana Lucia um, like the, the one time I've watched through all of Lost. Um, it's actually funny. When Ana Lucia, even now that I like her slightly more, actually her death really works for me because Ana Lucia gives the vibes, and it might just be because she's played by like a movie star mm-hmm. but she gave off big one season character vibes yeah no no no. i have no problem with uh with her arc um yeah I, and i feel like uh her personality was very much a, like i need to i need to be the one who's kind of like calling the shots and yeah. everything and uh you obviously can't have that around when you've got like people like jack and kate yeah um so, before I went on my Shannon rant, um, uh, I very rarely am saying, like, no, this character is irredeemable. Get him out of here. It's not, you, like, I, this is not working. I would have said that about Riley. I would have said, there are ways you could make Riley more interesting. There are things you could do with him that I think would work. Until this happens. And I'm like, nope. This is, I'm done with him. I am so over this. Yeah. Because, uh, like, because... Riley's been a very blah character. I mean, honestly, he wasn't the greatest of characters when he had his actual main arc with the initiative. Yeah. But without that, Riley's just been blah. Yeah. And, uh, and this seems to be the first, like, little development that isn't, like, insecurity. Well, it's still insecurity related. But, uh, this is, like, the first kind of supernatural thing. Yeah. He's trying to be dark, like Angel. And it's like, but it's it's not great buddy maybe embrace that you're not like ugh. anyway yeah so uh and i also just don't care for it as a story mm-hmm. like i 
you know, I'm I am fine we're with gonna, we're gonna characters see, making bad decisions. Yeah, we're gonna see it in even worse detail in the next couple episodes. Of the, uh, yeah, uh, Daryl shows up at the magic box. Um, uh, Buffy has gotten there first. Um, uh, Tara and Willow did a quick little patrol. They haven't heard anything about Daryl, but that's when Daryl busts in. Um, <laughs> Came in through the window. Uh, Puffy gets knocked under a shelf, uh, and Daryl goes straight for Dawn, who, uh, as Jason mentioned while we were watching, is a great horror movie scream. Mm-hmm. Uh, sounded wonderful. Uh, but he does not hurt Don because his his instructions were find the key and come back and tell Glory where the key is. So he now knows where the key is. Yeah, I, I love this like flashy, his like eyes flash and he, like and and Buffy knows that as well because she yeah. did hear Glory say like go and find me the key. So um, that's when she immediately says like uh, we have to stop from getting the Glory. Yeah. And um, well, actually, first she just kind of runs after it. And I love that Giles immediately recognizes that the way this thing is slithering, not even Buffy's going to be fast enough to catch it. So that's when he shows up in the car. Yeah. That's when she says, we need to stop it because uh, it's going to tell Glory that Dawn's the key. And he's just like, um, Glory. What the fuck is a Glory? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is a Lummy? <laughs> um so yeah, we get this fun little like car chase scene. We don't do that very. There's a lot in this episode. It's more of an angel thing at this. It point. It's definitely more of an angel thing. Like the only time I can think of as I'm like I'm thinking of band candy mm-hmm. when we get Buffy's driving, but that's not even really a chase. Um, so this is this is cool. It's um it's something a little different. Um, it goes it cuts through a park and Buffy has to follow on foot at that point, and she. Like Jabba the Hutt's this fucker with a chain. Um, it doesn't kill it at first, though. It, yeah, it, it's it's. I mean, Daryl's not an idiot. Yeah. Daryl's smart. And I love Daryl. Yeah. Hashtag so justice like, for Daryl. He, he um, he pretends to be uh to be dead, and then like tries to take another swipe at Buffy, and uh, that's when Buffy just like pummels it into mm. submission, mm. and you know the girl was working out all of her aggression that's been built up. Because of all the stuff with Joyce. Yeah. It was giving me major Faith vibes. Um, mm-hmm. Specifically when Faith is punching herself uh, and, in Who Are You. And then we see we see just how close uh, Daryl was to where Glory is. Yeah. And Glory is pissed. Well, yeah. She's throwing shoes. <laughs> so... <laughs> and Treg. And Treg's just... <laughs> I, I love... <laughs> he's giving her all the compliments and one of the shoes hits him in the head he goes ow thank you <laughs> <laughs> please may I have another <laughs> um alright at the hospital um uh Buffy or Joyce asks Buffy to bring Dawn in so that she can Dawn, Joyce can tell Dawn everything that's going on I'm glad they're telling her and that they're not trying to hide the truth from her. I appreciate yeah. And that. I'm also glad that Joyce is doing it kind of one-on-one because yeah. I mean, I feel like if a doctor told if a doctor told her that she'd like freak out even more than Buffy did. Yeah. Um and I'm pretty sure that, like if it came from Buffy she'd probably be pissed off too. So yeah. No, it needs to come yeah, from Joyce. It needs to come from Joyce. And yeah. I like that she also says like cuz I mean Joyce is scared too, which is why she asked Buffy to hang yeah, hang right, right outside. Which is, you know, mm. yeah. I um, 
Yeah, I do think that's interesting that, you know, Buffy hears it from the doctor. Honestly, before... Because, I mean, it's very clear that Buffy has been designated as, like, the one who gets the news. Yeah. Which makes sense. Um, But, um, yeah, it's a very sweet scene. Um, While she's outside, Riley comes in wearing a fucking turtleneck to hide his shame. (laughs) (laughs) And... um, and he's like, you know, you can talk to me. You can let it out. And she's like, no, I can't. Because if I let it out, you know, I, I won't be able to stop. And I have to be the rock right now for my family. And I... So I don't I, I don't hate what Riley does in this scene at this moment. <laughs> because, like, I mean, yeah, there's... I don't think there's anything wrong with, like... I think he realizes that Buffy has to be strong for her mom and her sister and if she wants to be like if she needs to break down to him that's great yeah that, I, that's super supportive oh i absolutely but agree what riley does when buffy says that she can't do that is immediately think like oh she just can't be emotional to me yeah. anymore he internalizes it once again he's he makes it about mm-hmm. himself now do i think that buffy refusing to break down refusing to open up is healthy no it is not I think she should be opening up to Riley. I think. Yeah, but, well, but... and again, this all goes back to this is something that Buffy cannot face because mm-hmm. several times in the episode she asks, like, if there was anything that she could do. Yes. And she's always told no. Yeah. Um, which, as Xander pointed out, um, that's not, that's new for Buffy. Mm-hmm. You know, Buffy's, Buffy's purpose her destiny is to fight things and to save people. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, this is something she can't punch. She can't punch it. Um, she cannot punch her mom's tumor. Um, I mean, it just she had te- a very she, silly image. She of- technically could, but Joyce would die. I was. I just just had an image of Buffy just like punching Joyce in the side of the head, like <laughs> die tumor, die. Um, you know what would be cool though is if we got like. Um, if she sh- if she was able to shrink down and go in and just like beat the shit out of the tumor in like, in, like a fantastic in, in, voyage exactly sort of that's what situation. I was thinking of. I was like trying to put those two words together and I couldn't yeah so um yeah it's just it's you know I I, I understand why Buffy's doing this I I don't think it's healthy but I get it but I also it's frustrating to see Riley once again internalize something that's not about him. Mm-hmm. And it's like it's great that he offered to be that rock for her to be that person, but he he views it as as there is something wrong with me, which is why Buffy won't open up. And not the truth is that at this moment, it's something Buffy is incapable of to anyone. Yeah, um, and I think i think we've all done that we've all we've all internalized things before absolutely i i i sympathize i empathize but i cannot condone the man's actions yeah like if if all he was doing was um if all he was doing was like feeling this like not great and then telling you know xander or willow about it then that would be one thing. But the fact that he's, like, going gung-ho and blowing up mausoleums and um, intentionally getting his blood sucked by a vampire so he can then kill kill said vampire, that, that's 
That's not healthy. It's not. Um, and that's that's where we end. That's mm-hmm. the end of the episode. That is the end of Shadow. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> so unladylike. Um, this is a great episode. It is. I I, I love all of the. Um, I feel like uh, things have kind of we we've had a little bit of missing information as to where the season's going. Um, we got a little bit of revelation in No Place Like Home, mm-hmm. but uh, it, it kind of seems. But in this one, obviously, we get Glory's name. We get the fact that um, the fact she could beat up Buffy was not a fluke, and uh, we also get um, like, hey, this thing with Joyce is serious. Yeah. So it's like it, it's more of like confirmation of the stuff of the stuff that has been building up for the whole season so far. Yeah, I went in this episode going like. I know I like this episode. I and I was like in the right, but I know the Riley stuff really drags it down. Um, that although I was wrong because I think I some of the Riley stuff that I was associating with this episode is going to be coming in the future. Yeah, yeah. I don't think um, the Riley stuff is mostly fine in this episode until the end. It is, and uh, I mean that's just because of like the problematic nature of the story. Yeah. Um, but no, I yeah I. I actually, I'm not gonna say that I liked it, but um, it it did it didn't drag the episode down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we weren't. That was one of the issues we were having with Fool for Love, was all we wanted super, was the Spike stuff. Yeah, the super compelling stuff between Buffy and Spike, um, and then cutting away. You know, the Riley stuff in this episode is. Um, it's not distracting. I mean, it's part of the rest of the episode. Exactly. You yeah. know, it, it is directly related to what's going on. It's um, it's as good of a Riley story as you can tell at this moment. I agree. I agree. Um, all the stuff in the magic box is great. Like, mm-hmm. several... Uh, like, a really good one-liner episode for Anya. Just, you know, a yeah. lot of icon... Like, her... You know, I don't want my day to start with a slaughter line. Is I can I believe... I consider an iconic Anya line. It's yeah. so funny. Um Xander makes the comment about, like, why can't we just, you know, counter a cult of bunny worshippers? And she's like, well, thank you so much for those nightmares. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, Willow and Tara don't have a ton to do, but it's they still good. There. They are there, and they're good and supportive. Um, yeah. I, I mean, God, like, it, we're probably just not going to get any more Willow and Tara stuff for the rest of the series. Probably not. <laughs> um, you guys are going to get sick of Willow and Tara. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and we get Daryl, my new favorite. I don't I don't know that I ever loved... I, I've never thought much about this snake until this watch. I was just like, I love this. That's kind of like the nature of this <laughs> podcast. Like, we're watching it... We're watching... Obviously, we've seen all these episodes before. Uh, you've obviously seen all the episodes multiple times. Because uh, I have a problem. <laughs> eh, there are worse problems to have. It's true. It's like a like low, like low blood pressure that makes you pass out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but no, like uh, I'd I like that we can watch an episode. We look for certain things, things that we may have never looked at before, mm-hmm. and we talk about them, and we learn so we learn new things about the episode and yeah. new things about ourselves. Yes. Well, I'm officially promoting Daryl to the good spinoff. Um, I don't know what his role would be at this point. Um, Every spinoff needs a giant snake monster. I agree, and you—it's—it's it's so funny because I am 
Definitely no, afraid yeah, of yeah, snakes. Yeah. So when Glory pulls the cobra out of the tank, Harrison is like, oh, this is a good time for me to work on an intro and everything. Yeah, like, don't um, look at the snake. Don't yeah, look at yeah. The snake. But then once the snake becomes Daryl, Harrison was totally cool with it. It's something about the fact that he has arms now makes him less threatening to me. <laughs> Despite the fact that if you give a snake arms, they become more threatening. Right? I don't, I don't know what it is, but uh, yeah, it's like he has... It, it, Part of it too is that his upper like torso is like really bulky. He's just kind of got these like nerd arms. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love him. I love Daryl. Yeah, very very fun creature design. Yeah. yeah. Um, ooh, I'm oscillating between like a four and a four and a half. Um, out of this, um, so I'm gonna give him four point two five. Um, uh, bloodstones. Out of five. And I'm going to give it a four uh, stolen ice packs out of five. Um, I think this is as good of a Buffy episode as you can get without it, like, absolutely knocking your socks mm-hmm. off. Like, that, I wouldn't say that there's anything absolutely spectacular about this episode, but it is very good at what mm-hmm. it's doing. Yeah, it's a very... Yeah, I don't want to say what I'm about to say to... It's going to sound like an insult, but I don't mean it as such. It's very, I would, what I would call an average Buffy episode. Yeah. Where, you know, it's very good. Um, but it's not like an all-timer. Um, but it doesn't need to be. Because yeah. every episode can't be an all-timer. Yeah. Um, it's... Um, this episode does a very good job of moving the story along. Um, but there isn't anything really that stands out about it. Yeah. Except for Daryl, of course. Well, yeah. We I love Daryl. Yeah, Daryl. Um. Yeah, Daryl Rodney Sobeck. That's his name. All right. So shall it be written? So shall it be done? Shall I take us out? Yeah. Thank you for joining us on Booze and Buffy. We'll be back next week with Angel Season Two, Episode Eight, The Shroud of Ramon. Yeah. I'm Harrison. You can find me on Instagram at Harrison Alexander Kaufman, or on Twitter, at Harrison Kaufman. That's spelled C-O-F-F-M-A-N. Give me a follow. I'm alternatively horny and depressed. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm Jason. You can find me on Instagram at YamiJ357, and on Twitter at just plain old YamiJ. I also do a blog. Horror by Jason. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> if you want to see my review of Carnival of Souls. I love Carnival of Souls. That's a good one. Sorry, like I don't actually have this blog. I'm just stealing it from Harrison. Because dude needs to get back on his horror <laughs> on his horror blog. Because it was very entertaining. Uh, thank you. Uh, Carnival of Souls is really good. That's a fucked up weird movie. I mean, like as fucked up and weird as you can get for that time period. Um, I, I still think like one of the best movies of that time period is Eyes Without a Face. I love Eyes Without a Face, which is one you introduced me to. Yeah. Um, I wasn't, I don't think I'd even heard of it before. That was like, um, that was back when the Criterion Collection was on Hulu. Mm -hmm. And, um, and now there's a lot of Criterion stuff on HBO Max, but this is before the days of HBO Max. And, uh, I was trying to watch, like, watch them because there's a, a lot of movies that people said were, like, really great and also movies from different countries that, you know, couldn't really Mm -hmm. find anywhere else. And, I remember uh, looking at Eyes Without a Face, and that was so good that I ended up buying the Criterion Blu-ray. Yeah, it's wonderful. Yeah. Um, you can find us, 
Booze and Buffy on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, as I mentioned before, at Booze and Buffy. Or you can email us at boozeandbuffy at gmail.com. The and is spelled out in all of those instances. And don't forget to subscribe and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And each week we like to give a shout out to a worthy charity or nonprofit. This week we are highlighting Medical Bridges. Uh, founded in 1997, the mission of Medical Bridges is to bridge the healthcare gap by procuring medical, dental, and surgical supplies and equipment for redistribution to qualified organizations and medical missions, primarily in the developing world. Visit www.medicalbridges.org for more information. And as always, go slay and be gay. <laughs>